listening to Hacker Public Radio, and my name is Clatu. I'll be your host today. I'm going to be talking about Publican. So Publican is a really cool publication system, as they call it, that the Fedora Linux project and probably Red Hat and that group over there is responsible for. And it's a really cool system, as it turns out. I'm really enjoying using it. And I've been asked a couple of times by people how to use it, and I pitched it as a talk at one or two Linux festivals, but they just haven't really been interested in it. And admittedly, it's not the sexiest sounding thing in the world. I know that to writers, it's actually, it is really, really sexy. To people in documentation, it's really, really sexy, and I'll tell you why in a little while. But yeah, it's it's just, it's a way to write. It's a, it's a way to get your written word down onto into a text document, and then to get it back out into a variety of formats. So yes, it is the mythical solution to the write-once-distribute-everywhere problem for for writers. And I've heard this from a couple of people. They, they'll be like, look, Klaatu, I want to get involved with a documentation project because I feel like that's something that I can do or that I can contribute to, but this thing, they use DocBook, and I have no idea what that is. I don't know what that is. Or they use Publican, and I I don't even, I, I can't even imagine what that is. And admittedly, some of the, most of the documentation projects, I think, use some kind of versioning control. So if you don't know Git or SVN or something like that, then even if you did know DocBook or Publican but didn't know the versioning control stuff, then you'd still have you'd you'd still have a learning curve to get involved. On the other hand, all of this stuff is very attainable, and frankly, all of that stuff is good to learn anyway. Even if it's not just because oh, you want to give back to the free software community and and you want to contribute and you you feel like you could at least write a chapter about you know this or that subject in in this or that application and be a documenter for for a change. Even aside from that, that that noble cause, it's just a great way to learn how to organize your own projects and to to keep track of your own data with versioning control and 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 write in a very structured way or have some kind of structure to it. It's 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 a good disciplinary kind of thing. Plus, it just saves you a lot of headache in the end because the way that most writers are taught to write, it usually doesn't really include any kind of organizational skill anyway, but I mean, the the way that they're kind of taught to write at all is usually very disorganized, it's it's very kind of haphazard and slapdash, and there's no sense of, this is the, this, this data that you've just committed into this horrible word processor that you're trying to use, um, this is the source code for your for your work of art, or or for your essay, or for your thesis, or whatever. And should anything ever happen to that word processor file, or should that word processor stop being supported for any reason, or or some of that excess bloat metadata that that word processor stuffs into the file format that they're forcing you to use becomes corrupted, um, your work will be lost. That's a horrible idea, and it's just not something that's really discussed about. Uh, you know, in the little art circles that you go around to and hang out with writers, they just don't know about this stuff. I'm going to venture to say that Publican slash DocBook, because Publican uses underneath every all of its glitzy and glamour pearl stuff, it, it uses DocBook. So I'm going to venture to say that Publican and DocBook take no more effort to learn than HTML. And HTML is so ubiquitous, u- ubiquitous now that I think most of us kind of could hack together a web page. It might not be very pretty but it would be something that a web browser could see and serve to the world. 
pretty pretty easily. Publican and Docbook are, are really like that, but it still takes a little bit of time to get to get accustomed to. Um, but it's, it's it's not a big learning curve. I've I've talked about things that have big learning curves before. This isn't one of them. Uh, if you sit down and and really look at at, at like a couple of sample doc book sources and then listen to this and and learn how it's all put together, then you'll be up and running in no time. I mean, I don't know how about you, but when I first learned HTML, I was still I mean, I had no idea about FTP and and even what was happening when I clicked the little upload button to get the index page onto the server. I didn't understand any of that stuff. So even though I'd sort of reverse engineered the HTML tags that I had to put in, you know, by taking an HTML page that existed and stripping out all the content and putting my own content into it, suddenly I'd learned HTML, but I still had to figure out how to get it to other people and that sort of thing. So there, there is that learning curve. But once you understand the process and understand what's going on, it's it's no longer at all puzzling. So that's the level we're talking about here. And we're going to cover it pretty completely, actually. So let's start out with what Publican is. Like I say, it's a publication system. Really, when it boils down to it, it's a bunch of Perl scripts. And I'm talking about a lot of Perl scripts. Um, the Perl scripts in Publican are basically front ends for a set of other tools that process a certain kind of document and that kind of document is docbook so this is a Perl front end to an xml schema called docbook and um, in order to process the docbook pages we need a bunch of other stuff like fop and various xml tools the dependency list is mind-boggling for Publican. If you do, if you're in front of Fedora, which I'm sure everyone is, just type in yum space deplist space Publican space pipe space grep dependency pipe wc space dash l, and that'll that'll give you if you're root that'll give you a dependency list of everything that Publican requires. We'll just grab for the word dependency because we don't want the, uh, the the answers to what provides it, and then we're we're piping it through word count, and we're just asking for a line count. You'll get like 145 dependencies. Granted, some of those you already have on your computer, probably like the liberation font, and CVS. I mean, okay, that that's probably on your Linux distribution. Image Magic may or may not be there, but there a lot of that stuff is like Perl modules that you need for this thing to work. Uh, there's of course FOP in there to actually that's by Apache to process the XML into, for instance, PDF or HTML or plain text or RTF, whatever you want to export it to. The cool thing about Publican is that all that stuff you don't really have to worry about. Once you install Publican, you basically reduce your workload to really about two commands. So that's that's the up sh- upshot of of learning Publican. If you don't want to think about the XML, if you don't want to think about how all of this stuff works and gets strung together, you don't have to. You can run public and create and public and build. A couple of flags in there that I'll tell you about in a minute. Uh, and, and you're done. It's You're finished. If you would rather do it the hard way, I do have a certain system that I used to use before finding the more elegant solution of public. And there's a system that I use 
it is actually pretty good and pretty effective. I call it circulate because I wanted to brand it with something, some catchy word. So it's like you're circulating your work around to all the people. Um, so if you go to slackermedia.info slash circulate, uh, you will find an explanation of my shell scripted and um, XML2 and FOP and uh, I think those are, oh yeah, text to doc book, a bunch of little scripts that other people have written and that I just kind of string together into a way that you can write in plain text, pipe it back, I mean, get exported into some uh, pre-made script that will dump out some pretty ugly doc book and then pipe that through XML2, send that over to FOP, and you end up with a HTML and a PDF version of whatever you've written. It works quite well, actually. It, 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 it's fine. But publican, you literally publican create, and then publican build, and you're done. We have to write stuff in between those two steps. You wouldn't want to just go straight from one to the other, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so if you want to try out publican on Fedora, it's yum install publican on a Debian-based thing, it's aptitude install publican. On Slackware, it doesn't really exist, but I have written a shell script that will make it exist. So if you go to org, you will find the horribly, horribly ugly, hacked together, embarrassingly gross over blown bloated shell script that I use to pull down publican to my slackware machines it is um it's it's pretty ugly I have to say but it does work so it's just over at clatu.fedorapeople.org you'll see it there's only like three things on there one of which is publican.tar.bz2 you can download that it's a really simple little shell script and I think there's probably a readme file in there if you're going to try this, I mean, first of all, you should only be trying it on Slackware because I can't think of any other distribution that you need to do this on. But if you try it, read through it because it's a really ugly script. It just does, it brute forces publican onto your system, basically. It pulls down all kinds of Perl modules from wherever it can find it, whether it's the Fedora repositories or from slackbuilds.org or from CPAN itself. And then it grabs a bunch of fonts from Fedora repos. It just, it's really horrible, but it does work, and honestly, uh, it, it it works pretty well. It's just really embarrassing. But you should read through it and make sure that I'm not, you know, I didn't turn evil and I'm not hacking your system or something, or turning, turning you into a, a botnet dedicated to processing all of my XML or something. So, um, yeah, there's the build script. Otherwise, you can just do a repository install publican. That will pull everything down. It's a it's a it's a good size uh, install, but it's all very useful stuff, I'm sure. And um, then you'll be ready to write some XML. The cool thing about Publican is that you don't have to worry about all the headers and stuff like that. It's going to generate and and even the structure of all the XML pages. It's going to generate that all for you. And the way to get it to generate that for you is a simple command. It is publican create, that's publican space create, space dash dash name equals, and then you want to put in some project name. I like to use camel casing, I don't like to use spaces, so just do um, publican is fun. 
space dash dash version equals, I'll give it a 1.0, and space dash dash type, and you have a couple of choices here. There's type, uh, there's a book, there's an article, and I think there's like a set or something like that. I've only done books and articles myself, so we'll make this a book just because that's the, uh, that's, that's a pretty common one. The other one is article. I've used that before, but it's, it's a little bit almost too simple, I think, for, for a good example. Um, that generates a folder called Publican is Fun. And if you CD into that, you'll see three, uh, three objects in there, or possibly two. One is en-us. That's because the default language on your system is English. So you're starting with the default language on, on whatever system you're using. You can add more folders, actually, if you get translations of your work. And you can build all kinds of different language versions of, of your work using all of the same resources. I think maybe you're starting to see why public and, and, and even DocBook in general is so powerful, right? If you're doing a complex user manual for your favorite project and you want to have English text with all these pictures that you've carefully selected and done screenshots for, suddenly you realize, well, I really should have an Esperanto version as well. So you translate the whole thing into Esperanto. Would you want to really go back out and find all those images and like place them where they should go and all this other stuff? No, of course not. And that's what you'd have to do if you were doing it in like Open Office or or Scribus or something like that, where it's yes, it's meant for for writing stuff, and yes, it lets you insert images, but you can only do it once per per language set. So DocBook is is brilliant for that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, we've got uh, en-us, that's that's the folder with our English version in there. And then there's publican.cfg, that's our, our default publican configuration. And then I think there might be a temp folder in there, I don't know. I, I built this folder a few minutes ago, and I might have might have added that temp file in there by accident myself. So either way, if you go into cd, uh, I mean uh, en-us, and do an ls, you'll see a couple of again, pre-built XML files. This is really one of the places that Publican just makes it really easy for you, because otherwise you kind of have to understand the structure of a smart doc book project. And I guess it's okay to mention at this point that doc book itself for writing is one of the most brilliant, I think, maybe possibly revolutionary ideas I've seen in my entire um training as a writer you know I've, I've 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 written for a long time so i've had the whole you know indoctrination into kind of oh that you have to do writing this way you have to outline you have to do all this junk you know they, they everyone's got like these things that you have to do to to write different kinds of papers you know if it's a paper for school versus if it's creative writing and they all seem to have like this structure that you're supposed to follow and all of its nonsense but docbook is like here's how to do it smart and here's how you can do it so that when you make a change to your file you can just diff the thing and then merge the changes you can patch your creative writing you don't have to go in and 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 do fancy rearrangements of paragraphs and stuff like that i mean you can if you want but you can also just patch the thing because if you write it with docbook and you actually think about my battery's dying. If you actually think about the fact that you've got um, lines, you know, a, a hundred lines in this in this document, and and the line begins here and ends there, it, it becomes very very code like. It, it becomes basically source code. DocBook treats all kinds of writing as source code. 
So it's really, really easy to, well, like I say, you can diff it, you can merge d different documents. So this is powerful for the individual artist or the individual person, just writer writing for magazines and stuff like that, articles, uh, as well as for collaboration, obviously, because this way someone's working on their own git branch of the documentation, someone else is writing a chapter that that follows up or, or that integrates into that somehow, suddenly you can do a merge of those two branches and you've got one big doc book document, lots of different authors, and it works really, really smoothly. So this is this is the kind of stuff that, that I don't even think writing workshops and stuff like that even have any clue about. They're, they're just, this is beyond them. They're, they're off in some other world making their little outlines in OpenOffice or whatever, and and people using DocBook and Publican are getting stuff done, writing manuals, writing books, writing articles. So, yeah, big fan of Publican, and I digress again. So, the structure. The structure is predetermined for you by Publican, which is really helpful. All it takes is looking at the files in this folder to see how it all is supposed to work together. The really important file is the one called whatever you've titled your book .xml. So I called mine publican is fun. So if I do vim publican is fun .xml, it launches. This is a pretty modest looking file, but it's actually the most important file. This is the sort of the the thing that's going it's 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 not the make file. It's the um it's kind of like a make file. Basically what it's doing is, see all these um, lines in here, it's got, well, first of all, what you'll see is when you look at it, it was like five lines of header stuff that you don't have to worry about because Publican just took care of it for you. You know, XML version 1.0 encoding UTF-8 docbook, uh, doc type book public equals Oasis DDT docbook XML version 4.5, all that other stuff, you know, the scary stuff that you don't even want to ever have to deal with. But then it's got very important tag. One is book. That's the, the opening tag. And then it's got a bunch of xi includes. xi colon include. And that includes the different parts of your book into this larger entity called the book. So when whenever you make your doc book entity, your, your, your publican thing, whenever you go to publish it, this is actually the file that the processor is going to be looking at and it's just a document full of links. So you're just linking all the components of your book in order right here. So again, this is just such a smart way of doing things. I've I've seen so many writers open up OpenOffice or whatever and they'll just write their book, one big long 200 page or if it's an article or a paper, a thesis paper, whatever really long, big monolithic thing, and then they go through and they realize that they have to switch some chapters around, or they really needed to insert a chapter, and suddenly that throws everything else off, right? Doesn't happen here. This is source code. This is modular. You can say, okay, I want you to first put the book underscore info dot XML file, and then I want you to put the preface, and then chapter one, and then chapter two, and then chapter three. Oh, change. I want chapter three to become chapter one. So you just go down to chapter three, DD for delete the line, up to above chapter 1, shift P to insert above, and suddenly we've just rearranged our, cha our, our work 
without even having to think about it. It's just that simple. Or we could have, I guess we could have moved chapter 1.xml to become chapter 3.a.xml and then, you know, done the whole, done it in the command line, or in the file manager and just kind of switch them around. But, but even better is not using chapter 1, chapter 2, you know, just name them the name of the chapter and then just put them in your book.xml in whatever order you want them to appear. Very, very powerful feature already, and we've only looked at one file. The other files in here are just, it's the skeleton structure. There's the author group, if you look at that. Um, author group, author, first name, surname, affiliation, email. Just enter the, the author's name in there. Uh, the book underscore info. This is information that uh, is sort of like a title page. So there's the title. Right now it's by default set to our little camel cased publican is fun, but we could have done we, we could change that to publican space is fun. And then the short description, so you can put a subtitle and a product name and a product version, 1.0, edition if it's the third edition, the first edition, whatever. And a little abstract because that's what the publishing industry likes are those little blurbs about the book. Um, just random stuff like that. You can give it a image object, you know, kind of a logo or something like that. All kinds of stuff that you can put, throw in there. The next one, just going through it alphabetically, is the chapter.xml. If you look at that, it's got a, a sample chapter, essentially. It's, it spells it out for you. It's really nice that way. So Publican, just like HTML, has a hierarchy of tags. The topmost tag, again, after all the header stuff, like the XML version, you know, that kind of stuff. But the top level tag is the book tag, in, in this case. It would be an article tag if we were writing an article. So that's kind of like your, uh, XM, uh, your HTML tag in a, in a web document. Uh, and then you would put under that a chapter. Chapter ID equals. You could even give them, like, you can give them properties, you know, like CSS kinds of properties. So chapter ID, and you can give it an ID, and that way you can refer to it later on if you want to link back to that ID, or you can CSS, um, CSS layout the whole thing, or XSLT proc the whole thing and really come up with your your own layouts if you're into that sort of thing. I'm not. That's why I'm using Publican. So under chapter, you get to do a title and then you do a para and then you could do like a section if you wanted to and a section is just like a, a numbered section of a chapter. So you've got your big chapter heading. You could think of that almost as an H1 and then you'd have your paragraphs in there and then maybe you want to break to something fairly significant, but you don't want to make a new chapter. So that would be section. And then you can give your section a title. And that would get like 1.1. You know, so it's in chapter 1, but it's section 1. And you can obviously nest these things as much as you want. Chapter, section, subsection, sub, subsection, back out to subsection, back out to section, back in, into the chapter, and then finally into the chapter. At the most basic, that's really all you need to know about public, and I've just You've you've learned DocBook now. Um, it's book, which as you as you probably noticed is in the publican is fun .xml. That's the that's the book tag right there. So book and then all those zy includes. So we're basically just linking all of the chapter documents that we're writing. We're linking that into the big book file with these little xi includes, which are like ahrefs, or or maybe more like... No, I guess they'd be like ahrefs or something like that. Because um, they're just... You're, you're saying, 
or they're almost like includes, like in source code, you know, where you say, hey, I want you to include this thing in order to run. Um, that's what this is. This is like, I want you to build the book, and to do that, I want you to grab the preface, and then chapter 1, and then chapter 3, and then chapter 2, and then chapter 8, and then chapter 5, 6, 7, and so on. And that's it. Those are the those are the most important tags that you need to know for docbook. Book, chapter, title, para, and then optionally, section title. Just be sure to close all your tags. It's just like HTML, except a little bit more strict. Okay, well that brings us to the inevitable topic of what shall you write in? As you probably know if you've heard my recent uh, series on Emacs, or I don't know, I guess maybe the Emacs one hasn't aired yet. So anyway, you will find out, or you already know, I, I write a lot of my human-readable stuff, like my creative writing or my technical writing, in Emacs. I use Vim a lot for technical, for, for config files and, and random changes like that, but um, Emacs is the one that I got taught DocBook in, so I've kind of associated DocBook with Emacs. Uh, and I just so happen to know of a bunch of nice little tools in Emacs that you can use to kind of help you um, write in DocBook. So there are two different plugins or modules, whatever they're called in Emacs, that I use. One is called in, I- in XML mode, and that is the lowercase n and then XML dot mo- uh, dash mode. In XML mode can be uh, gotten from a place called Tie Open Source. I think I'll, I'll include the link on in the show notes, and uh, it's just a set. It's a fairly extensive set of plugins of of ELISP files that you can use, obviously inside of of Emacs. It's easy to install. All you do is you uh, place it in your in your Emacs directory, wherever that is. I, I put it in my home directory, my ELISP directory and dump the inXML mode stuff into that. And then I throw some little things into my .emacs file that simply tells it to, you know, to load the inXML mode. Um, that That's a really nice tool. Really comes in handy, because what it gives you is on-the-fly validation, which is really, really nice. Uh, if you've ever used XML and you've ever suffered through multiple validation errors as you try to build the thing into something else, you will know how wonderful on-the-fly validation would be. So it gives you on-the-fly validation, running validation as you as you type. It's really nice. It also gives you um, tag completion. So if you're typing a tag, so if I've got a title, and that's obviously opening the tag with a what less than, and then the word title, and then a greater than symbol, and then I type my title, Publican is still fun. And then if I type in the uh, less than slash, it picks up that, sl- that less than slash and completes the, the title tag for me. So that's it's really quite nice. It also really helps you from typos, because I don't know if you've ever tried to do um, like XML without any kind of completion, but the, the times I've, I've done, you know, opening tag of title, properly spelled T-I-T-L-E, and then a closing tag of, you know, T-T-I-L-E or T-I-T-E-L or something like that, you know, 
suddenly you're you're no longer typing in a valid XML document, and you don't find out till it errors out when you're building a thing, and then you have to go back and find it. It's not not very fun. So um, in XML mode, it's great. The other great thing about it that you can get for Emacs is a docbook menu. It actually puts in in the window of Emacs when you're running in your XML mode or in XML mode. Um, puts a docbook menu, and the docbook menu is it's just a drop-down menu, and it's got all of the elements, all the possible elements, listed both alphabetically as well as logically. So if you know that you want to do a list, um, then you can look in the logical menu for uh, block elements, lists, and then you get all the different tags associated with lists which of course wouldn't start with L so if you went to the alphabetical one you wouldn't be able to find it there you start out with things like callout list, itemized list, ordered list, segmented list, simple list, variable list, list item you'd never find that in alphabetical but on the other hand if you know the alphabetical you know you know it's it's got something to do with um, error you just can't remember if it's error or error code you can go to the alphabetical look it up it's really handy so that's kind of the one that I generally use but um, I do just as much honestly with like either HTML or XML in Vim and so there's a little plugin for that as well it's not quite as fancy as in XML mode although I haven't really looked all that much for something to equal in XML mode because the bulk of what I do is in Emacs in, in XML but for, for Vim you can go to uh, vim.org slash scripts slash download underscore script dot php question mark src underscore id equals 4965 if you double you get that and send it out you know dash capital o xml underscore completion dot tar dot gz you'll download a little vim script and then you can untar it tar space dash xf space xml underscore completion dot tar dot gz that spits out a folder called xml completion so cd into well you actually you don't even have to cd into it just move mv uh, space dot slash xml underscore completion slash vim slash asterisk so we're grabbing everything inside of the little vim folder in this script folder and we're moving it to tilde slash dot vim slash and that's going to move about I think three folders that this script needs to run over to your dot vim folder and then you there's another file in there, I forget what it's used for, it's a something, uh, and you, so you can move dot slash xml underscore completion slash xml asterisk c, I forget what it's, I think it's xml dash something something dot c, uh, and move that over to tilde slash dot vim slash, and now you've got your dot vim folder configured so that it has access to this script, and then it's really cool because you can simply uh, vim vim uh let's see sample.xml now you're in an xml document so it's got it's got that script going for it so you can open up a tag again just do like title for instance hit return yes it it makes sure that you're indented so you're automatically indented just so you have good you know tag flow uh put in a title public in is fun return again and then do the lowercase slash actually that's how I do it I don't even know if you have to do the 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 less than slash but control J 
and that completes that tag, the, the most you know the most recent tag for you. Now, if you've got a bunch of tags going on and it doesn't know what you want to complete, it's really cool. It will actually bring up a pop-up window, a pop-up like text menu that you can arrow through and decide which tag you were asking it to complete. It is really really slick. It doesn't do like on the fly validation. Um, it you know it, it it's not quite as for me it's not quite as smooth as just typing in the less than t- uh, slash and having it auto complete for me because it you have to I don't know how often do I hit control in vim honestly not that often I know that I could if I wanted to use more scripts but but yeah it's, it's I haven't quite integrated it 100% for myself but it is really really slick highly recommended especially if you're more of a vim person than an emacs person okay so we now have a text document. We, I mean, a text editor that we can edit XML in. Uh, that's good. So now, if you just open up any of these documents, chapter.xml, like I say, it gives you the skeletal structure of this thing already. You can go either to the docbook menu in Emacs or go online to the definitive guide for docbook which, again, I'll have to include a link, I guess. You can find all the different tags that you're allowed to use in DocBook, and there are many, there are plenty. It's, it's, DocBook, is, DocBook is great for both creative and technical writing. I think it was probably geared toward technical writing at first, but honestly, it's just as good for the creative stuff. You've got lots and lots of stuff to choose from, um, and it's important to tag more often than you think necessary, I have found. Why? Well, because the power of metadata. If you're writing in DocBook and you have access to all of this metadata that you can provide, then you never know what you'll do with it. Because if you, for instance, every time you mention Slacker Media, you put a brand, a product name tag around that. Or every time you mention a certain program that you like to use, an application, put an application tag around that. Every time you put... um, a keyboard combination that you like to use. Put key combo tags around that. All these tags, I mean, there's stuff for program listings, there's stuff for prompt, command, user input, uh, computer output, just all kinds of stuff. Well, use them, because you never know what schema you'll find or what schema you'll develop that you can take advantage of all that metadata and make certain things different colors or different font faces or whatever. Plus, if it's ever going to go online, then you never know what kind of magical CSS stuff you'll be able to do with it, or or whatever. Uh, as long as you've got that metadata around the important elements of your document, uh, really the sky is the limit. You're kind of future-proofing your document. So use lots of tags. Write within the publican skeletal structure that they provide. Um, and really the only setup is what we've just done. Public and create, and then make sure that you've got a good XML environment going on. Uh, one thing that you will have to edit that you won't think you'll have to edit is this uh, publicanisfun.ent. It's got this little message in, in there. You need to change the holder entity in the en-us um, publicanisfun.ent file. And so we can we can write right over that. That's some kind of entity holder thing. Um, I don't know... It appears somewhere in in the book. I, I don't remember where, but that that's one of those that you don't find out about until you don't configure it, and it tells you. you know, it's got this little message for you after you've built it and everything. So do that. 
But other than that, everything's everything's good. Everything's good to go. Just keep copying the the master chapter.xml document that they provide for you, and follow its its structure, and you're writing. Okay. Once you've written your book, your manual, your article, whatever you're writing, then the next thing to do is be able to build it into whatever you want to publish to. This is one of those really, really powerful things that you just get for free with Publican. It's, it's, it's insane. You want to publish to plain text? No problem. You want to plain, you want to, you want to publish to HTML? Not a problem. It'll make a whole little structured site with next buttons and home buttons and a table of contents with hot, with, with actual links to each section. That'll be done for you. You want to publish to a PDF? That's really easy, but the cool thing is it's not just like a print-to-PDF kind of deal. No, this is a PDF with links in it. You, 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 you open the PDF, you see the chapter of contents, the table of contents, you see a chapter that you like, you click on it, it takes you to that page in that PDF. This is like one of them fancy PDFs. You want an EPUB for people's tablets and, and tablets and stuff? Then no problem, Publican can do that as well. And again, this isn't one of those quickly converted, like, oh, I'm going to take a PDF and deconstruct it and convert it to EPUB for you. I mean, that works, and Calibra does it, Caliber does it very well, but um, this is the real deal. This takes your code and customizes it for that format. Uh, RTF, even. You can even do RTF. So if you want to send this thing so that it looks pretty to some Microsoft user or Apple user, then you can do that too. They get a PDF, or not a PDF, an RTF, so that they can still edit it if they want to, and it looks very nice, and it's very friendly, and, and they don't panic. So, yeah, this is really powerful stuff, and it's super easy. All you do is go into your little publican directory, which we're actually there already. Actually, I think I'm going to step back out one so that I'm seeing... Yeah, I, I want to be outside of the E and dash us folder. I don't know if that's necessary, um, but that's where I usually build from. So publican space build space dash dash langs, like languages, langs, equals en dash us. And th that's easy because that's the only folder we've got. Dash dash formats equals, I don't know, take your pick. Uh, you can also comma delimit them. So you could say pdf comma html comma rtf comma epub comma txt. I think it's txt. I don't know. I don't usually actually build out to plain text, but there you go. PDF, comma, HTML, comma, RTF, comma, EPUB. Actually, I haven't done RTF lately either with Publican, so we're just going to reduce it to PDF, HTML, and EPUB. And actually, screw PDF. EPUB rocks. HTML, comma, EPUB. And that'll spit out two versions of your book, both in English, both with all your images and your your fancy little notes that'll be green in green boxes and your warnings in red boxes and and your little house icon and the little arrows to go to the next page if it's HTML. It's going to be brilliant. You will be so impressed. I mean, it's publishing. It's it's publishing made easy, but it looks so professional. I probably didn't mention yet that this is the thing that you know Red Hat and Fedora and JBoss and all those companies they use this for their official documentation so it looks really really nice and it just looks like you put a lot of effort into it and all you did was deconstruct a couple of XML tags and wrote very very simple very very powerful and that's about all there is to publican I hope that helps I hope that's informative and um, if you have any questions hit me up uh, about it, because while I'm not a power user of it by any means, 
I I do tend to use it a lot. So uh, let me know if you're not clear on anything, if it's not building correctly for you, if you don't know why it's telling you that something is an invalid tag, whatever, ask away. Thanks for listening, and go out and document something. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.